Welcome to the Fabulous Five Podcast. The Fabulous Five Podcast is an inspirational show sponsored by New Covenant Believers dealing with five topics from week to week for 30 minutes. The five topics all begin with the letter F from where we get the title Fabulous Five. The five topics are as follows. Faith in Jesus Christ, family dealing with love, marriage, and relationships, finances consist of personal financial planning and business, Fellowship involving relationship with others in the body of Christ. Fatherhood dealing with parenting, mentoring, and leadership to our youth. The show will consist of teaching, inspirational speaking, or guest speakers from week to week. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Please join your host Frank Reed for this week's episode. Once again, welcome to the Fabulous Five, also known as the Fab Five, dealing with faith, family, finance, fellowship, and fatherhood. Hello, this week on the Fabulous Five, we're going to talk about fellowship, fellowship with others in the body of Christ. Um, I'm a president and the founder of Sons of Thunder Ministries, in which we have our men's conference coming up called Kings and Priests 2020. This is our 20th year in ministry and our 11th year with our conference. And I have with me as my guest, Pastor Jason Robinson of Reach Church. We're going to be interviewing him today and we're going to be talking about men's ministries and our upcoming conference. He's our guest speaker and welcome to the show, Pastor Jay. Elder Frank, thank you for having me. I'm so honored to uh, be a part not only of the conference but also a part of this podcast to uh, get the word out and uh, just thank you for your uh, commitment to men and building men for the body of Christ. And so I'm honored and um, just uh, excited to uh, talk with you today. Thank you, Pastor Jay. Um, just give us a brief history of your, your ministry background and your background so people can know um, your story, if you can, Pastor Jay. Yeah, so I was, um, I'm originally from Gary, Indiana. I was born and raised in Gary, Indiana. Uh, went to uh, Indiana State University. That's where I met my wife. So I'm married. Um, it'll be 15 years uh, this year. So matter of fact, next month we'll make 15 years of uh, holy matrimony. <laughs> so we'll be 15 years, but we've been together 23 years. Uh, we both met when we were uh, 17 and 18 years of age. And uh, so I have four beautiful children, uh, three daughters and one son. Um, and so uh, my ministry background, uh, I feel like I was a late bloomer. Now that I can kind of look back into my, my life, I feel God was always calling me into ministry, you know, even as a teen and even as a young adult. Um, but I announced my calling to ministry at the age of uh, 27. I was 27 when I announced my call to ministry. So my situation was um, kind of similar to a lot of young men that you see. Um, I was born and raised in church. Uh, when I got into high school, you know, I was all about sports, um, all about girls. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and kind of, I was working a job. And I was working at the Ponderosa Steakhouse, and I used to have to work on Sundays. And so because I had to work on Sundays, I worked that job for the most part the whole throughout high school. Is I, for the most part, I never went to church on Sundays uh, because I was always working uh, on Sundays throughout high school. And then I got into college, 
and um, really wasn't committed. You know, I always had a, a deep belief in God. I read my Bible, whatever, but just wasn't committed to the church. Really wasn't committed to, you know, walking with God. I was like a, a lot of young men distracted by a lot of stuff um, during that time. And um, so graduated from college. And um, in 2004, I was living in Indianapolis, Indiana. And a funny story of how my life got recommitted to Jesus Christ. I was saved at age seven, um, but just kind of was wondering, doing my own thing and how I got uh, you know, recommitted to Jesus Christ. I actually went out with my fraternity bro brothers. We went out and we went partying, uh, just true story. And one of my fraternity brothers, you know, I was on the other side, of, I was on the east side of Indianapolis. I used to live in Broad River, Indianapolis. So I didn't want to drive home or anything like that. So I told him, I said, can I just crash on your couch today, you know, tonight? And he was like, yeah, but I'm going to church in the morning. So you're going to have to get up and go to church if you're going to stay at my house. And I was like, whatever, you know. So, I mean, at that time, it's like three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And uh, so sure enough, man, it was like 10 a.m. And he woke me up. It's like, hey, bro, we about to go to church. I'm like, man, I, I didn't know you were serious about making us go to church. <laughs> so, so I ain't had no shower. I mean, we, we just, just hey, we didn't have nothing. So we, we went to church. He made us go to church or whatever. That was just his thing. Every Sunday he would go to church. No matter what we did on Saturday, he was going to church on Sunday. And uh, I went into Eastern Star Baptist Church uh, at that time, now Eastern Star Church, uh, Pastor Jeffrey Johnson. And that was the first time that I really heard the gospel so clear. And um, I rededicated my life back to Jesus. That day I walked down the aisle, rededicated my life back to Jesus, got involved with the men's ministry at Eastern Star Baptist Church, Eastern Star Church now. Um, and that's kind of was my journey to, to Christ. And anybody that kind of knows me knows that I'm an all-in person. So mm -hmm. once I gave my life to Christ and say, hey, this is how I'm going to live my life, uh, for the most part, I was all-in. 2006, um, got a job transfer. I was working for Argyrell Tobacco Company. Got a job transfer to the Kalamazoo area. And at about, about three months or four months after we moved here, I, we were actually supposed to move to Memphis because I was going for another position in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I came home one day and I told my wife, she, and I just said, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we are not supposed to leave Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, and so we didn't know that we were being called into ministry at that time. Um, but we just knew that it was something that God wanted for us. And probably um, it was exactly almost a year later, I announced my call into ministry. So with that being said, I didn't go straight to the pulpit. You know, I, I functioned in evangelism ministry. I was an usher. Um, eventually I became a teacher. Um, I was in uh, Stevens ministry, which is kind of a pseudo counseling ministry. Um, I was, um, you know, eventually was uh, appointed by my pastor to be a deacon and trained to be a deacon. Um, and then I announced my call to ministry, and about three years later, I was licensed to preach and ordained um, at Mount Zion Baptist Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan, under Dr. Addis Moore. So that's kind of really where I got trained. That's where I um, really kind of cut my teeth. And then in 2011, um, due to another job transfer, we came to this side of the state, to the Detroit area, and I was uh, fellowshipping and working with uh, Doc, uh, Dr. David Washington, Jr. at Cannon Christian Fellowship, and I became his assistant pastor there. And then in 2014, actually 2013, we began to feel the itch about planting a church. We were over, me and my wife were both over the young adult ministry, and um, 
we were reaching a lot of young adults and a lot of them couldn't get, couldn't make it because they were from Eastern Michigan University and uh, University of Michigan in 2014. We decided, you know, let's let's plant a church out in the uh, Ypsilanti Ann Arbor area. So that's kind of our story. And six years later, you know, Reach Church was born in 2014 and we're still going strong now. Hey, man, what an awesome story, an awesome journey. God brought you in and took you in and you you haven't looked back and God has really prospered you and your wife. And it's been 23 years you all been together and 15 years of marriage. Congratulations. Man, thank Amen. you. Thank you. Amen. You know, we're going to talk about Sons of Thunder Ministry, which is a ministry I'm head of um, uh, dealing with men. And it also hit aspects of the family, dealing with the family. But we have our conference coming up. Kings and Priests 2020, in which we, uh, it's, it's a high time in the year. This time we're gonna be on, on a virtual call and you're gonna be one of the speakers. And I thank you for being one of the speakers. And um, our theme is manifesting the sons of God, taken from Romans 8, 19. And then that scripture says the earth is groaning and waiting for the manifestation of mature, mature men of God, mature sons of God in, in the body of Christ. And how important do you see the, a man's intimacy with God as far as growing into a son of God? How important do you think it, a man should be intimate with God? Yeah, right. So if you even go back to creation, Elder Frank, um, you know, God created man to be intimate with him, right? He put He put Adam in the garden to be in relationship with him. Um, you know, scripture teaches us that we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works that were preordained and predestined before the beginning of time. So we were never designed to function outside of a relationship with God. We were never, you know, designed to function outside a relationship with him we were never um we were never designed to come up with our own plan um we were always uh designed from the beginning of time to be in relationship with him uh one of my favorite scriptures you know john 15 that whole chapter man he says abide in me let my word abide in you and you will bear much fruit but then he goes on and says without me you can do nothing and one of the dangerous things that we can do in life is to live a life, have some really success, um, you know, accumulate a lot of things and then realize that we did not live the life that God called us to live. And we never lived the life that we were predestined to live. And so with that being said, I think it's very integral in this season that men have a relationship with God, an intimate relationship with God, because that's where their power comes from. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, like, if you do not, I don't even know how people are making it right now without having a relationship with God. Um, when you turn on the news, when you turn on Facebook or, you know, all the things that's going on in the world right now, the, the catastrophes that's going on in the world right now, I don't know how people are making it and having peace of mind unless that peace of mind was, was based off something eternal because we can see that the earth is groaning, it's literally groaning and it, mm -hmm. and it, it is, is groaning for an answer. And even in Romans chapter number eight, later on, it talks about that even we ourselves as believers mm -hmm. are groaning for that day, right? So we're groaning yeah. for that yeah. day. So, so even if people don't know that they need Jesus, even people don't know that they need God, 
Um, the earth is literally crying out and say that they need God. And so oh, as long as we're on this side or whatever, what that really means, that means that uh, kingdom men, that we need that kingdom answers and kingdom men. So yeah. it has to be a relationship with God. And it's, it's something that's a starting point. Um, and you never grow past, you know, having an intimate relationship with God. Like you don't graduate, right? So that's not the, because a lot of times in church we teach that that's the first thing, you know, having that devotional time or whatever, but you don't, you don't graduate from that, <laughs> you know? So Amen. you can't graduate from that because without him, we can do nothing. Amen. That's, that's good. That's good. You know, also, we don't want to just talk about the spiritual things. Also, naturally speaking. Today, I see um, when people come into the church, young men coming to church or regular men coming to church, there's also some natural wisdom things that we have to teach out of the word of God. So what are some of the things that you instill in your men at REACH just from a natural standpoint of their responsibility or, or how to uh, doing some of the natural things? Yeah, so, you know, my ministry is very um, practical. I think God kind of really anoints, um, you know, every man, woman, a God based off of where he's placed them, right? Um, you know, he says he sets the members in the bodies that he sees fit. Um, and so we realize that that's a local church, but also that's the, you know, that's the kingdom. So that's, you know, your city, your locale or whatever. Um, and I believe where God placed me, he placed me for that very specific reason. And so for me personally, um, you know, we preach and teach principle-based preaching and principle-based teaching. Um, so what does that mean? That means that, you know, we never teach a sermon, preach a sermon, uh, do a lesson without giving a principle to obey. Um, because here's the thing, for too long, uh, we have based our spirituality based off of how many scriptures we knew, Elder Frank. Mm -hmm. as opposed to how many scriptures that we do. Uh, my father in the mm -hmm. ministry says it this way. He says um, that some of us have a spiritual uh, diarrhea, uh, meaning mm -hmm. that we know so much word that, you know, can't no more word get in because we ain't did none of the word that we already know. Um, and so with that being said, we've, you know, really tried to focus on, you know, practical principles. As you know, um, our church is, you know, is, is in a position where we're close to university. So we've, you know, reached a lot of young men. Um, mm -hmm. And most of those young men and most of those young women who have came to our church or whatever, you know, this is kind of really their first time being committed to a church and really growing in the word and developing in the word or having that significant commitment. And so it was, it's very integral that, you know, we preach and teach, you know, practical biblical principles, because here's the thing about it is that, you know, people are struggling with life. Yeah. Right. right? So, you know, what does the Bible say about my marriage? What does the Bible say about my career? What does the Bible say about this? And so individuals want to know is, okay, how do I actually apply this to my life um, that I might have peace, that I might have joy, that I might provide for myself, that I might, that my marriage might work. And so those are the things that, you know, our ministry has really, uh, you know, focused on. One last thing about that point, you know, when my father, um, got out of high school. He used to tell these stories or whatever. I grew up in Gary, Indiana. He uh, worked 32 years in steel mills. So he tells a story, you know, that, you know, he, he graduated one day. The next day he went down to Inland Steel and got a job. 
couple months later, he got drafted into the Army two years. He went, you know, served in Vietnam, came back. The day after he got back from Vietnam, he went back to Inner Steel <laughs> and got his old job back. That does not happen anymore. Yeah. So the people true. that we preach and teach into or whatever, they're going to have 20 jobs in their career, maybe. They're going to change careers. They're going to go to school for something and, and not be able to find a job in that field or whatever. So their lives are so much more complex. Mm-hmm. So in order to kind of simplify life, we have to give them biblical principles that they can apply in various situations. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of really been the crux of our ministry and, and what we've uh, tried to do um, is to really get very practical, helping people uh, find God, but also uh, manifest kingdom in their lives. At this time, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. If you'd like to contact us at the Fabulous Five Podcast to leave your prayer requests, concerns, or comments, you can do so at the following. Email frankreed at fabsfives.org. That's Frank, R-E-E-D, at F-A-B, the number five, the letter S, dot org, or phone number 248-905-1569. That's 248-905-1569. And at our website, Fast5 forward slash contact, please fill out the contact form and submit. We also can be reached on social media at Fast Fives Podcast. That's F-A-B, the number five, the letter S podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The Fabulous Five Podcast is a ministry of New Covenant Believers. All funds will go to New Covenant Believers for sponsoring of this Fabulous Five Podcast. If you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can do so at paypal.me forward slash FAB, the number five, the letter S, or cash app, dollar sign, FAB, the number five, the letter S, or at our website, fast5.org, and click on the donate button. Thank you for your financial support and your prayer. Life is complex, and even a family is complex now. And... Um, you mentioned your father, but and you had a father to that you could take took uh, to give you somewhat of an example. But nowadays, fathering is really is not shown or displayed like it should. Or being a husband, how do you be a husband if you never you didn't have a father to model how to be a husband? And I feel that sometimes in, nowadays in ministry, we have to even look at what the Bible says, what a husband should be and what a father should be and really tap into the Holy Spirit and ask, Lord, how do we minister to this area and exhibit this being a husband and father for today's young men? Um, How do you address and teaching young men and even older men that probably haven't really learned to be that biblical husband or a father to their family? And how important is that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, number one, beyond any programs, anything like that, I think the first thing that we can do as men of God um, is the modeling of it. Um, You know, um, one of the things that's so important is that, you know, people, you know, they they duplicate what you do. And Mm -hmm. so... I think the most important thing is for, you know, men in the church to be men, to be husbands. But then also we know this, right? There's a, even though the, 
there's individuals who are husbands and who are fathers doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing it the biblical way, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can be a husband um, and not do it the biblical, the biblical way. So even that, you know, taking those times to teach those biblical principles. So I always do a sermon series um, and, a, and a Bible study series in the beginning of the year and in, uh, usually January, February, and then also I'll hit it again um, during the summertime about family. Um, so I'm not doing it this summer just because some other issues that's going on, but I'm going to do it in the fall. But I think that those are things that we just have to continuously, continuously reiterate. Here's the thing, right? God's design was family, right? Yeah. So his design is family. So if you think about it, everything that he did of any significance um, was done through family, right? He did it through the generations of David. He sent uh, his son Jesus to die. He created a family so that he might show love. So he created Adam and he gave mm -hmm. Eve to Adam to, to duplicate and actually literally be a, a mirror of his love, um, to teach love. Um, when he wanted to establish a nation to love, which literally he, he established Israel to show unconditional love, <laughs> to mm -hmm. you know how to unconditional love, he chose Abram and he says, I will make you the father of many nations. And so family is the most important thing to God. You know, beyond anything else, a church is a family, <laughs> you know, regardless of, of, of the programs and the things that we do or whatever. At the end of the day, we are a family. And so I think that the family portion is just so important to God and it's right in the heart of God. So to not... Um, you know, to not emphasize God's desire for family is really not emphasizing his ultimate plan in the earth realm. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I also believe God is a generational God. You know, um, coming up in church, we had, you know, the elders really didn't communicate to the young men. Or we, or when they did, it was more directive. It was more do this or do it this way. It never left chance for us to ask questions. So it really wasn't a relationship developed. And you know, and I see your your you 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 minister well with uh, people that's from age twenty to even age forty in that group, which we would call the millennials how important it is to to bridge those generational gaps from from to to see in order to see strong men and strong ladies and strong generations coming up behind us how important it is to bridge those generational gaps between the different ages so uh Elder Reed, one of the things that um you know, obviously our church, um, and, you know, as you know, has, you know, kind of had a, a, a thing about reaching millennials and a lot of Gen Zers. And I know that a lot of churches struggle with, as a matter of fact, that's one of the main things that struggles of majority of churches now is that they're not reaching the younger generation. Um, and, you know, to be honest with you, I can't say there was a particular strategy or a program that we did or anything like that. I really just believe it was God's favor. I believe it was God's favor on, you know, on our life, on our ministry. Now, I will say it might have a little bit to do with my personal personality. Um, 
you know, just I'm, I'm a conversator, so I can talk to anybody. So, you know, very relational, ask a lot of questions. And so I think that might have something to do with it. But I really just believe that it was, you know, was God's favor, you know, on our ministry and why he put us there. Um, I will say this is that this generation, this millennial generation, I believe that they forced us to do ministry differently. They forced us to do ministry differently. Um, you had mentioned about, you know, having, uh, you know, being in church and having that authoritative where you really have time to ask questions or whatever. Well, you know, I can go back to my childhood and say, I don't remember asking questions nowhere, whether it would be, <laughs> you know, on the football field, basketball field, you know, at home, you know, and I had a loving father and all that stuff or whatever, but it wasn't, you know, nothing was up for discussion. It was just like, this is what you do because I say I do it. And so this generation has forced us because um, they ask the hard questions and they, they want those answers. So you have to slow down and really allow them, you know, really let the teaching be more of a conversation um, than it is just, um, you know, just you across the pulpit. Um, but then the other piece I will say this, this is very key, and this is why it's so important, your conference is so important, is that it has to be done through partnerships right now. It has to be done through partnerships. So let me give you an example. So, you know, our church reaches a lot of uh, millennials, young men. Uh, so about a year and a half ago, uh, we partnered with another church, Gethsemane Baptist Church in Westland, Michigan, and we would do men's ministry events together. And the reason why is because they had a lot of seasoned, older men that our men need. Um, to be in relationship with. And so uh, we've done a couple of events together just so that we can do that cross-generational, just knowing like, hey, that, um, yeah, we, you know, the, the Bible says this, so I'm paraphrasing Proverbs, the verse says that the young man brings strength, but the old man brings wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. And if you know this, if you have a lot of strength without wisdom, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be destructive here. So I would say partnerships, and that's why it's so important that this conference is happening, is because you got young men, older men, boys coming together um, to, to share. And as much as I've, you know, mentored and discipled the young men in my church, they've helped me as well. And so I think that that cross-generational teaching is so important, you know, now, um, and that's just kind of the way, you know, if you look at the Bible, that's kind of the way, way it was, right? It was a generational thing um, that happened uh, with God's plan. Amen. That's great. That's great. Thank you for that answer. Um, evangelism. I know you're great with evangelism. Um, do you think it's to get men into the church? A lot of churches don't have that many men. You have more women that outnumber the men. To get men into the church, do you intentionally have to have men's programs to evangelize to them? That's a great question. Um, I think there's been seasons when we've done it very well, and I think it's been seasons where we haven't done it very well um, as far as, you know, reaching men, um, you know, for with our church or whatever. You know, as you know, I've been – um, you know, chaplain of the football team at Eastern Michigan University and done some things with the athletes and, you know, seeing a lot of them come to Christ. And so uh, there's been seasons, you know, where God has just, his favor has been on us. I really think it comes down to intentionality. Now, here's the thing about men that I don't think that we always think about. 
you know, we talk about like having men's programs and it is a, is it, you know, men do need a time to share and to connect to each other. But then also, man, men have to have something significant to do. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the biggest keys I think that we're missing in church is that we don't give our men anything significant to do in the church. Right. And nothing against, you know, pulling out, putting chairs out and stuff like that or whatever. But also, you know, and, and there's going to be some times when our men, especially our young men, they're going to mess up or whatever. But we messed up. And mm-hmm. I think that we have to get back to looking at, you know, men as leaders and giving them opportunities to lead because, you know, men are naturally, they naturally want to be leaders. They naturally want to be ahead. And so I think that a lot of times we subjugate men to doing roles of just a, almost like a janitorial, you know, type services as opposed to actually giving them lead in the church to speak or to teach or to lead a ministry or to do some other things or whatever. So I think that we have to, in this season, give um, men opportunities even before they might think that they're ready. Um, because, you know, honestly, every opportunity that I got coming up, Dr. Moore gave me, Pastor Washington gave me, I wasn't ready when I got it. I didn't feel ready when I got it, but I grew into it, you know, yeah. based on the fact that I had the opportunity to have other men who saw the potential on the inside of me. So I think that that's one of the keys that's missing. And then obviously, you know, just those opportunities, because um, here's the thing about men is that um, let's just keep it real. A lot of times men aren't celebrated, um, you know, or or even acknowledged unless uh, until you're failing. So like when you do something wrong, it's like, you know, well, man, you know, black men is or black men that whatever, but you don't necessarily get the credit for the things that you do right. And so a lot of times those fellowships gives the men an opportunity to each actually validate each other, um, to encourage each other and to strengthen each other or whatever. Um, and so, man, early on in my ministry, man, I used to tell my brothers, man, hey, man, you know, I love you, which was weird mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. But now it's like the young men that's been in my ministry for four or five years or whatever, you know, sometimes, man, they'll just call and check on me and just say, hey, Pastor Jay, love you, man. Just want to, you know, just check on you, bro, and or whatever. So, um, you know, those are things that I think that men that men need. We need other men to 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 know that hey, we have an intimate relationship with another man, and it's not funny or nothing like that. But it's something that I need to survive. Um, you know, to be to be to be the man that God's called me to be. Amen. You know, um, you hit on a couple of points. You hit on mentoring the importance of having men pouring into you and you hit on uh another question i was going to ask you on male male to male relationships and brotherly love and since you already answered those i won't elaborate on those but uh ask you that question but um that's the heart of our ministry at sons of thunder ministry is to share brotherly love and it's nothing even it's nothing funny or or anything like that, that there are men, strong men to men relationships that was in the Bible, even Jesus and his apostles, you know, they were very strong and very tight and very together. And we need more of that today, as far as men really having each other back and men being able to discuss things with each other. You know, the last, last in your own words, can you, um, just um, give us your last words on 
on the importance of men's being men's ministry in the church and the importance of an organization like Sons of Thunder to you. Yeah, well, I'm so grateful for Sons of Thunder. Um, what Sons of Thunder, um, what it what it offers is what a lot of churches, you know, don't have, you know, which is, you know, strong men's ministries, um, you know, and it, it, it's actually a supplement. So it's not a competition to our, to our local churches. It's a supplement to, to our churches or whatever. You know, there's been seasons where our men's ministry has been very strong. There's been seasons when, um, when we haven't had a leader over the men's ministry or whatever. And, uh, you know, organizations like Sons of Thunder, where I can just tell my men, like, hey, y'all, you know, this is going on. I need y'all to, to be here or to, to come or whatever, because we need to be strengthened and kind of re-energize as men in the word of God. And so I think that it's a partnership um, that is needed in our local churches. It's, a, it's needed in our local churches. And so it's just so very, very important. Um, men's ministry is so important. Um, you mentioned kind of the relationship with Jesus and his disciples, um, that they can uh, you know, just a place where you can be transparent, a place where you can be a, a real man and discuss stuff. Um, and nobody's going to judge you, but everybody's looking for you to, to push forward. And I think that's one of the things that's very kind of unique about men. You know, it's hard for us to take our mask off, but once we do take our mask off, um, there's a loyalty there. There's a commitment there amongst men. And um, it's something that's great. And just last but not least, I would just say, you know, that affirmation from one man to another is needed. You know, um, Jesus didn't even start his ministry until he got affirmation from the Father. You know, um, the Father in Matthew chapter three, man, said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And so there's a legacy to this, it's a relay race to this. And so I think that it's so important, you know, that we need each other and just kind of knowing everybody's coming from a different perspective. You know, like I had a father in the home, some of our brothers don't have fathers in the home or whatever. So some things they might be learning for the very first time. And then um, so us learning from each other and growing together. So I'm, I'm excited about the conference. I'm excited about actually getting in the word and, and kind of seeing what God has for us in this season as men. And just excited um, that you continue to, to do this, even in the midst of COVID-19, Elder Frank, that you push forward, man, to have this conference because it's, it's definitely needed. Amen. Lastly, where can people reach you at your contact information for ministry? Yeah, well, um, the fastest place, um, we're located in Ypsilanti, Michigan, 401 South Adams Street, Ypsilanti, Michigan. But you can just um, view our services right now at 10 o'clock on Sundays. Um, you can view us on Facebook. It's the easiest place. Uh, so Facebook, Reach Church, A2Y or just put in Reach Church Ypsilanti and you'll be able to find us. Uh, we're on Instagram, um, Reach Church A2Y, so you can keep up with us um, there on Instagram. But those are the two major places to kind of follow us on Facebook at Reach Church A2Y and then also on uh, Instagram at Reach Church A2Y to keep up with what, what we're doing. Amen. We've been listening to an interview with Pastor Jason Robinson of Reach Church on the importance of men's ministry. He would be speaking at our men's conference, Sons of Thunder Men's Conference, called Kings and Priests 2020. Theme is Manifesting the Sons of God. It's going to happen on July 17th and July 18th. Pastor Jay would be speaking Saturday morning, July 18th. You can, for more information, you can reach us at Sons of Thunder Ministries.org. 
the sons of thunder ministries.org and go to the registration tab for men you can register there and we hopefully we'll hear from you and see you there thank you for being part of the show pastor jay i'm glad to have you thank you Elder reed i appreciate your time man thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to the fabulous five podcast also known as the fab five we can be reached at our website fabs5.org that's the letter fab the number five the letter s.org also you can see our other social media links there You can listen to our other episodes once again at our website, fabs5.org. That's the letter F-A-B, the number five, the letter S.org. Please join us next week for our next episode. May God bless you and heaven smile upon you.